Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad most people would rather get a chunk of coal. Yeah, a small, nasty, broken piece of coal. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. And if you're not, turn it off. And on this week's show, as we are fully into the holiday season, uh, we have a Ask the Pipe Maker segment with Jeff Grasick. My guest is uh, the Rainbow Piper Girl, Riley. And then we'll have a double dose of holiday music uh, because you guys, when I asked for holiday music suggestions, you guys came out in spades with them. I got a bunch of them, so we're going to double up so you get extra music. Uh, Mailbag and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, What do I want for Christmas? Well... (laughs) If you have not already done it, please go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review there. That would be much appreciated. Uh, Those ratings and reviews go a long way to keeping the show relevant and up in the top of the listings. Also, please keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show wherever you know there are pipe smokers. So in your uh, groups and forums and... uh, Wherever you, wherever you might happen to see pipe smokers, well, keep sharing it out there. And remember, brand new shows, brand new shows posted every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time and then available for download and streaming immediately. And the entire back catalog is available. So if you got extra time this holiday and want to sit down with your pipe and get caught up on some uh, back episodes, well, they're all there waiting for you. All right, we got a jam-packed show, so we're going to get this show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show for another edition of Ask the Pipe Maker with the pipe maker of J. Allen Pipes, Jeff Grasick. Jeff, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. Are you ready for your question from uh, last one we had was from Pastor Joda. This one's from Rabbi Ira Stone. So we're we're all right. Yeah, we've got the Judeo Christian around the Judeo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, Abrahamic religions. Yeah. Uh, Rabbi Ira writes, I usually reach for the same pipes, uh, quite often, not usually more than once a day each, but rarely with more than a day's rest. Lately, I've tried stretching them out, uh, smoking pipes that have rested for a week, some for several weeks. I've noticed a big difference. Uh, the well-rested pipe smokes sweeter and cooler. Do you have an optimal time a pipe should rest between smokes. This conceivably conceivably could impact the size of one's collection. Thanks, Ira. Jeff, what do you what do you think? I mean, you you make pipes, but and sure. then let's talk about what you suggest to your customers because we all know mm-hmm. that you are a bad pipe smoker. You are a pipe Very abuser. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't own any perfect pipes because they all get sold, and yeah. You know, so, but what do you? What do you suggest? What do you think? Do you have any thoughts on how long it takes for a pipe to properly cool down and dry out after a smoke? Well, it's it's difficult to have an unbiased approach to this, Brian, because I have a financial interest here. So I would encourage people to at least wait a month and a half between <laughs> each smoke and in their pipes. Let's see, a month uh, and a half, four or five bowls a day. Okay, Jeff, I'll order 15 pipes. Can you have them made tomorrow, fine. please? 
Oh, uh, yeah, I'll have to call my factory for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but in all seriousness, um, you know, for myself, as you said, I, I have no problem. I, I'm, I'm enjoying smoking this little uh, uh, sandblasted fugu shape right now. And I've just had an English blend in it. And uh, uh, I've gotten to the bottom. So I, now I want to have a Virginia. So I'll just empty it out and fill it with Virginia. I, I'm not all that concerned about ghosting or any any other issues or even moisture. Um, I don't even run a cleaner through it. That's how bad of a pipe smoker I am. But Wow, I not, think we ought to find somebody else to ask this question to. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> Do you at I least mean, put I've the... Given you, I've given you answers on both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> Do you at least put the tobacco in the big hole? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on how fine the cut is. It'll get in the draft hole anyway, right? <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, in seriousness, though, uh, it's honestly a like a personal preference. Um, it, if 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 the the uh, rabbi has discovered that his pipes smoke sweeter when he's given them several days rest, and he enjoys that experience, well, it sounds like he's found the formula that works best for him. Um, some of it is based on um, what your preferences are for how you like your tobacco to smoke. And that can be affected not only by the pipe, but also by the climate that you're in. If you're in an area that tends to be more humid, it'll take longer for the the, the, the pipe to dry out after you have used it. So that in that case, that person would probably want to have a bigger rotation of pipes available to have the same like a, a consistent experience uh, with the pipes. Someone else might be less concerned like me. Like I have, I have customers who, who space out their pipes quite a lot. They'll smoke maybe a, uh, in one pipe for uh, once a month, like I said. Others will have um, maybe a, a large collection. Let's say a pipe collector has 100 pipes in his collection, but he'll choose seven and have them on rotation and smoke them for a month. Um, and when he smoked them, then he'll clean them and grab another seven and smoke those ones the next month. Um, some of it, some of it is purely determined by smoking experience, what they want the pipe to taste like. And, and some of it is because they want to enjoy a particular collection of their, like selection from their collection of pipes, um, in a more like condensed period of time. So the, the pipe that you're smoking right now, Brian, this, this love it. Let's say that you want to smoke, you, you like that pipe, and you want to smoke it once a week for the next month, and then you're going to put it away for, for a little while. Um, some people enjoy smoking that way, but in terms of the, like what I would recommend um, for resting time, I'd say that's entirely based on the, on the smoker's own uh, experience. I would, trust, I would in, encourage them to trust their intuition with that. Do you think that the... When you, when you smoke the pipe, you obviously put flame to it and it warms up. Do yes. you think when it warms up that there is any expansion or opening of the briar itself that would allow stuff to come in? And then and thus, if you're smoking it while it's really warm or hotter, it gets more into the wood and could then cause problems down the road? Or, And I mean, with your, with your pipes, it, there, you, you bowl coat everything. Um, right. I'm pretty but sure you bowl coat. Airways. Yeah. But the airway is not getting as hot as the bowl is either. Sure. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure you bowl coat your cereal bowls at home and it makes it real easy to clean after I just oh, did sure. some laundry. Uh, I just did some dishes. Uh, but do you think there's any, any truth to the, to the wood opening and being. Well, no doubt that the, the wood does expand and contract. And that's something that, pipe makers have to have to deal with as we are working on and finishing pipes. So often people who who have seen videos or seen in person how pipes are made will see a pipe maker wetting the briar as they're working on it. Well, that causes the wood to expand as it absorbs the uh, the moisture. And when the moisture dries and, and evaporates out of the wood, that will leave the pores more open. Uh, it's yeah. something that we use to help the stain sink in a little or soak in a little deeper. But the depth that it's soaking in is truly just a matter of like a fraction of a millimeter. It's not that not that much deeper than it would have gone otherwise because the the moisture is simply not penetrating 
that deep. It might in certain areas, like wood is variable in density, and and some sections will be more porous and and uh, uh, less dense than others, uh, just because of how the how the material grows. But um, in terms of absorbing tobacco juices and maybe needing to let it dry out before using it again, because perhaps it can cause damage or bad flavors or uh, for, for, for these reasons, I, it has not been my experience and I certainly have not observed uh, that it makes any difference at all. And I can I can tell you that I have some pipes and, and they tend to travel with me more often where I have some pipes that are more tolerant to multiple lightings and relightings during the day and you know and really don't need yeah. a whole bunch of time and i think it just is something that over experience i found those pipes that are more tolerant of it mm. um, and i think it just comes with practice and repetition and again that it's another reason why you know you should have more than <laughs> you should have more than one or two of the same pipes you should have multiple sizes shapes and styles to find those that are maybe more tolerant to the abuse and find those that smoke really good but are not tolerant to multiple days of of abuse or the same bowl in the same day kind of thing right and and i think cleaning habits also uh play a part in this as well so it, it what i've discovered you know is that i i don't as we've discussed many times i don't <laughs> clean my pipes all that often um and and when I do ream the bowl after Lord knows how long, um, and it's I can only fit a quarter of the uh, the volume of tobacco <laughs> in that I had been originally, um, this, the the pipe does smoke a lot better afterwards because the 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 bowl coat or the uh, the um, uh, the cake that is developed is more porous than the wood that surrounds it, and so that will absorb moisture and that will retain some of the flavors. So if you keep the cake trimmed back or even non-existent. Uh, you really shouldn't have too many issues, uh, or if if any at all, uh, with uh, moisture retention. Now, I'm curious, Brian. You you said that you've got you you have some that you know that travel well. Mm -hmm. What are some shared characteristics that uh, that these pipes have, or what what are the things that that you observe in the like the shape or the the chamber size, or maybe it's bent or straight? What are the things that that contribute to a pipe that will travel well and be subjected uh to uh more regular abuse than others they are all sandblasts uh they okay. all have at least a quarter inch of bowl wall all the way around them mm -hmm. uh so even from the you know from the very top of the bowl all the way down it's a it's at least a quarter inch of wood all the way around the tobacco chamber mm -hmm. um they are all you know, I hate to say it, but they're all that standard Levat shape of, you know, probably five inches, five, five and a half inches long with an inch and a half mm -hmm. stem on the end of it. Okay. Uh, and they just, they're, they just seem very easy to light, relight over and over again. And when I, when I'm traveling and the, this is perfect pipe abuse. Um, I may only get a 20, I may only get 20 minutes in, but I will sit there, puff my pipe for 20 minutes, put a little cap on the bowl, let it go out and put it in my pocket and carry it around. And then an hour later, light it up, fire it up, get it going in 20 minutes. And then, you know, whatever, whenever the time hits me. So, but these pipes over, yeah. over the test of time have tolerated that and at the same time yeah you gotta i gotta keep them reamed down because if i if i let them go too long boy they start getting bitter and 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 nasty yeah. and right and, yeah because you're using them a lot right yeah yeah mm -hmm. so that i mean that's that's really that's really where it is for me um rabbi ira i hope we answered your question there but i think from jeff's standpoint he's a bad pipe smoker but wants you to have more pipes and from my standpoint, <laughs> um, you know, I think it depends on the actual pipe itself and it's trial and error. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeff, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. I hope we clarified something there. or confused even more. <laughs> but either way, we'll That's be back right. in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe. 
just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes in faithful service of the hobby. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is uh, someone that I met briefly on one of the one of these uh, Zoom Pipe Club gatherings, because you know that's all the Pipe Club gatherings we can have recently. But always excited to uh, always excited to get another point of view on pipe smoking. So please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Riley, also known as the Rainbow Piper Girl. Riley, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Nice to be here. Thank you. All right, so so let's get your superhero origin story. Um, where are you from? Where did you grow up? What did you want to be when you grow up? What happened? Have you grown up? And, uh, <laughs> and, and so on. Oh. Gosh, I'm trying not to grow up, but it's unfortunate <laughs> that I have to adult regularly. Ugh, um, <laughs> I hate that. It's the worst. Um, I was born in Michigan and a Midwest girl. I've moved around a lot because of my family. I am currently in Denver, Colorado. Living the high life? Oh, sorry. I couldn't, I, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> no, I live next to the high life. It's down the, it's down the block. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. If the, if the wind blows the wrong direction, does your pipe taste differently? <laughs> if I walk down my hallway, my pipe tastes differently. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. It's, it is the Mile High City for a number of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but that's a whole different pipe. So what yep. brought what brought you to pipe smoking? Um, probably along the lines of, of writers, famous writers, Tolkien, people of those nature. Um, my friend and I both are big readers and I, I believe he bought a pipe earlier this year before me. And I was like, Oh, I bought a pipe. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And he's like, yeah, I did. And so I was like, that sounds like kind of a good idea. So um, eventually, I think it worked on me, as well as COVID. So, um, so you were I kind of, of, you were locked down and said, I need something new in my life. I need something to do. Yeah, I got furloughed from my job, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I'm not really sure. And uh, I, was, I was staying with my mom, as one does in a pandemic. And was like, I need something to do. I need a hobby. And so I picked up pipe smoking. Did you have, did you have any exposure to, had you smoked anything before tobacco wise? Um, yeah, I've kind of dabbled a little bit. I've smoked cigarettes briefly, mostly when I was going out or dancing and stuff like that. Um, hadn't really smoked much of anything else so how did how does a brand new person kind of approach the the pipe what did what'd you do to to buy a pipe how'd you how'd you learn how to smoke it gosh my first pipe i i found this great shop in greensboro north carolina because that's where i was staying at the time called the pint and pipe the pipe and pint Yep. Yes, the pipe and pine. There yeah. we go. Oh, Lord. And um, tracked them down, and they were still open, which was really fantastic because this was April. Yeah. Um, when I was when I was at my mom's, and in Greensboro, and um, tracked them down. And there were some fantastic guys, and bought my first pipe, and talked to them about tobacco. Got some some good aromatic tobacco. As one does, mm -hmm. I think the standards 
you know, lane one Q and optimum. Yep. And, um, started, started smoking. And as far as learning, I was perusing a lot of YouTube videos on how to pack a pipe and how to smoke and just in general, kind of the pipe culture that's on YouTube. So and you, I found, found them first. So, so YouTube was kind of your, uh, your advisors. Plus you started out with a really good shop to kind of advise you. Yes. And I would go in at least once a week and kind of talk to the guys and be like, okay, so I'm having problems with this. And they're like, okay, you know, try, try this. And, um, you know, here, smoke this and, kind of worked my way through or I, and I would talk to them and they would, they would be kind enough to commiserate with me. And I'd be like, oh, I had to light up like 20 times. And they're like, that's okay. Just keep at it. And, um, I found what was really super clutch for me personally. I found a Reddit post on how to smoke a pipe, which for me personally was like the absolute best. Cause it talked about, uh, I guess it's called like the breathing method or something along those lines. Yep. Yeah. And so when I was reading up on, on that, I was like, that's, that's really cool. That's super helpful because I was getting a lot of tongue bite. I was kind of doing the, the smokestack, just puffing on puff, 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 and um, learning how to relax with a pipe while you smoke it. So that um, uh, so that's kind of been like the the aha moment was getting the breath method and practicing that for you. Yeah, that's absolutely. And then it became more of pipe smoking itself became more of a meditation at that point because it's I meditate regularly and so mm -hmm. breath is that's the big thing. And as soon as that kind of uh, that keyed into my head, like. Oh, you have to focus on your breathing. And I'm like, Oh, and that that was the light. Bulb. That was the light bulb moment for me. And I was like, okay, I need to work on my cadence. <laughs> so then it's just <laughs> been working on that since then. Yeah. And, and with the breath method that allows you to just get a little bit of smoke and a little bit of flavor and really be able to kind of taste the flavor. Cause you never really get the pipe that hot. Yes, that is. That is the goal. <laughs> I don't know if I achieve it all that often, but that is the goal. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. There you go. Absolutely. Um, my favorite thing, and I find for me personally, how I smoke coolest is walking and piping at the same time. And it, that's, that's when I've had my most enjoyable smokes. So you take the pipe, you load it up, you go out. And just by the rhythm of your, of your walking and your, and your breathing to keep yourself from, you know, to keep yourself moving, that helps kind of pace the bowl. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool. And since I just moved to Denver, I would, I would do that. I'd pack a bowl and then I'd walk out of my apartment and I would just pick a direction and I'd start walking. <laughs> that was great. Now, as a as a lady, do you get looks from people because you're you're smoking traditional briar pipes and you know nothing, uh, nothing gender specific? It's been really interesting. I know I get looks when I've been in my car. <laughs> people kind of like double take and they're like, "Is that a corn cob pipe in that girl's mouth?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is," <laughs> and. Um, Actually, I walked, I have um, this one Nording pipe. Actually, no, it wasn't my Nording. It's a very pretty shaped pipe, and it's a burgundy pipe. And I packed it, and I went to walk down the street past the Mile High shop and <laughs> was going to pick up dinner. And uh, these guys were sitting out on a patio eating dinner, and this guy was like, oh, that's a great-looking pipe. <laughs> As I walked past, I was like, "Thanks." It was like, and he was—you could hear him chatter with his friends. He's like, "That's so cool," and I was like, "Oh, interesting." So now I'm—I'm I'm yeah. interested because you are—you are new to this. I mean, this was a—you're—you're you're a pandemic pipe smoker. Um, 
Yeah, there's pandemic babies. There's going to be pandemic pipe smokers, too. So you're the first one I've gotten to talk to, really. Um, the pandemic babies, I would assume, are coming out now. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before you when, you, when you thought of the idea of buying a pipe and trying a pipe, you had you must have had some sort of idea of what it was going to be like smoking a pipe how has that matched up with the with the reality of smoking a pipe gosh i think it was i thought it was going to be a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> um and it's definitely more of a a finesse kind of thing more along the lines of an instrument learning an instrument yeah than just it, you know a lot of people they say oh you smoke and i smoke a pipe you know it's not like cigarettes where you put it in your mouth you light it boom you're done yeah you're a cigarette smoker pipe smoker is very very different um there's a lot to it a lot more than i thought um not just the tool that you use to smoke, your pipe, you know, all the little accessories, you know, a tamper or a check tool or what kind of lighter you use. Do you use matches and all of those things? But the actual process of it is so much more involved. And I think also the mental state that it kind of creates where it's just sort of that relaxation state for a lot of people, maybe most um, pipe smokers. And I think, yeah, I just think it's a lot bigger than what I thought it would be. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Smoke a pipe, like Tolkien, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe it'll help my writing or, you know, I don't know, something. You, you could play Tolkien and, and C.S. Lewis sitting at the pub together smoking their pipes. That's right. Yeah. yeah I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with uh, Riley, the Rainbow Piper Girl. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Riley, whose Instagram handle is rainbow.pipergirl, so you can... Uh, follow her on Instagram and I guess we can follow now we could follow your travels through the winter of Colorado so maybe some pretty cool snow and pipe shop uh snow and pipe shots coming up in your Instagram feed <laughs> I hope so so going back to pipe smoking for a minute here have so you so we you know you talked about all the variables between the different instruments have you moved around in the different styles of pipe tobaccos or are you staying with aromatics um I, i've moved around a little bit um i don't i don't feel like i have a terribly refined palate mm -hmm. um i do really enjoy my corn cob pipes because my corn cob pipes have kind of afforded me the ability to actually taste the different flavors in the tobaccos for the yep. for the aromatics um which has been really exciting i'm like oh i taste i taste the vanilla oh wait <laughs> i taste i taste some some bourbon um you know oh, i taste nutty i taste the burly and um different stuff like that so I've started to kind of, since I started smoking corn cob pipes, as I take them with me to work and I have breaks on occasion, and so I'll, I'll smoke when I'm able to uh, at work. But um, I've kind of branched out a little bit, not a whole lot. I've kind of slid into um, Burley Cavendish blends. I like those better, mm -hmm. kind of 
veered away from the Virginias. They really, really burned my tongue. Um, hurt my mouth actually a little bit. So I, I don't, I kind of try and stay away from them. The darker, the better at this point. Um, but I did just smoke my first Oriental um, a couple weeks ago. I got a, a new sample and there's something about it. It kind of yeah. sets my mouth on fire, <laughs> but um, I really like it. So I don't really know to, I don't really know how to think about that right now. I'm just kind of like, huh, that's cool. Maybe not like smoke it every day, but I've smoked it a few times and I'm just like, there's something in it. I don't know if it's Latkia or possibly I'm, I'm guessing there might be some Perique because it's kind of got that spicy feel. So I am so envious of you as you're wide open on this big giant road of uh, that you're traveling down of pipe smoking and you have no preconceived notions yet and nope. not jaded at all. I love it. <sighs> I wish I was. Yeah, I couldn't roll back the time. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's nice to be able to to kind of feel my way around it, and I've I've spent some time reading up on a lot of different varieties and preparations and stuff like that, and so I have a little bit of knowledge, but I don't I don't have the taste. I haven't tasted most of it, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Now, also from your Instagram feed, you and I have another thing in common because you are a self-proclaimed lover of coffee. Oh, God, yes. All the coffee. All right, so talk to me. What kind of coffee do you love? Do you have a, Does it matter? <laughs> um, not really. Um, I really love locally roasted coffee. Mm-hmm. So where wherever I'm at, I try and find someone who's roasting it where I'm at. Like instead of necessarily mass-produced coffee, and they're all great. I enjoy all of them. You know, Seattle's best, Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, and that's yummy. Um, but. Recently, I've I've tried some Black Rifle. Really like their stuff. Uh-huh. Yep. Locally, I've gotten the opportunity to drink Dazbog, which is um, a Russian-themed coffee. I believe it's actually owned by Russians. Not 100% sure about that. Um, but uh, that's pretty fantastic. And also uh, a friend of mine, um, darn it, I just lost the name of it, Kaladi Brothers Coffee Company. It's actually Kaladi Coffee Company, I believe now, but uh, it's that's local in Denver, and they roast it locally, and and they get their their beans sourced, um, fair trade and stuff like that. So. So can you can you tell the difference between a coffee that I mean is there a dramatic difference between a coffee that where the beans were roasted locally and within the last you know I, I would I would assume some of these places are roasting beans within the last couple of days and then grinding and serving them right away. Yeah. Um Kaladi, I've noticed they have a different process. I believe uh, I was reading about it and I think it was something like a water process. Anyways, I think they wash the beans. They're there. Yeah. It's really interesting because their, their coffee actually is, um, it has a brighter taste and a cleaner taste. When you taste it, you can taste the difference because if you're tasting, you know, you're drinking other coffee regularly, it has a distinct taste, but it's a little bit lighter in, in taste. I, it's hard to describe them. Now, when you're drinking these, are you doing espressos or Americanos or pour-overs, or are you doing some of these uh, icy, milka, latte, hoopy <laughs> things that I don't know how to do or spell? <laughs> I um, have inadvertently become a coffee snob, and I do pour-over, uh-huh. but it's more a matter of function than it is anything else because I like my coffee to be hot 
And if I make a whole pot of pour over, it gets cold. So now I'm doing pour over cups yep. when I'm at home. So I'll make a cup. But then the whole cup is, is hot. So, <laughs> which, you know, and then it's not sitting on a burner. Because if it's sitting on a burner, it's just getting weird and burnt tasting. And then it tastes like, you know. 7-Eleven coffee, which has its own place. I drink plenty of that, too. <laughs> there are times at night driving down the highway when you just need caffeine. And, yes, that burnt pot of coffee at a truck stop <laughs> is caffeine. So, Hey, you know, a dollar four is a dollar four. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't always want to spend six bucks on a cup of coffee at Starbucks <laughs> or wherever. So. No, but I yeah. like your, uh, your, your personal coffee method you've almost become an accidental elitist snob in coffee it's the worst (laughs) it's really like i showed a picture of my kitchen to my mom i took a picture because she's like i don't remember i don't i don't know what your apartment looks like so i I took a picture and i have this really beautiful bodum hot water pot yeah and it's beautifully shaped and it's literally the pot that you see the poured you know when people are taking pictures of beautiful pour over in a chemex filter and all that jazz this is the pot that they're using and i'm like it was the only one at target that day i swear (laughs) (laughs) it's not my fault so so riley's other instagram account's going to be the accidental elitist snob (laughs) yeah um, Accidental elitist coffee snob. Yeah, uh, yep. and and just wait until she hits that elitist tobacco snob because I'm sure that's coming down the road. It's just going to take time for you to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, have you worked on coffees that you enjoy more with a pipe, or is the or are the are the two things still kind of separated? You know, I've heard other people talk about. Oh, I had this great, I drank this great coffee and I had a pipe and it tasted so good. And I'm like, eh, yeah, (laughs) no, not yet. They haven't mixed. Usually they don't mix well. So yeah, no, I haven't hit that elitistness yet. (laughs) Is the coffee a necessity the first thing in the morning in order to be functional? Um, no, it's more choice. <laughs> so um, previously, I've had um, many years where I, what, I wasn't able to drink coffee because of medical issues. And so recently, literally within the last year, um, I've been able to drink coffee again. Now, I went a long time without having to have it, but I'm probably at that point where I'm require my body is requiring me to (laughs) imbibe a certain amount of caffeine a day for me to function well so my big pandemic discovery is i would i've been lactose intolerant since you know since most people weren't born um (laughs) so i haven't had i hadn't had a bowl of real cereal since 1984 what Uh, yeah not not george orwell um but the real 1984 and so my pandemic discovery was that I'm going to try almond milk and see how it works. Cause I tried, you know, a sip of soy milk or some other stuff. And I was like, you know, not, not happening here. Um, <laughs> and I, we went and got a whole bunch of different little flavors and styles of almond milk. Cause apparently almond milk comes, you know, unsweetened, sweetened, vanilla, chocolate, whatever, you know? So we, we figured yeah. out exactly what I like and I can have a bowl of cereal. And, and I'm like, just, you know, happy as a pig in shit. Um, <laughs> however, the latest discovery has been because of my lactose issues. I've never actually been able to have a cappuccino or one of those milky coffee drinks. So, oh, wow. so I've been having them with almond milk now. Yeah. And I'm just all excited because now I can go into the coffee places and order something more than just a black coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except I have to pay for it. 
because <laughs> it costs yeah. way more than just a black coffee. So I haven't done it every time, but <laughs> absolutely, uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So let's go back to pipes now. So you started in April. Um, how many how many corn cob pipes do you own now? Let's see. I have. I think it's just the three. And how yeah. many how many how many other pipes do you have? Oh Lord. Um How bad has it gotten you? Not, not terribly bad. I'm I think I'm in about fifteen at this point. I've already given two away though. So now are these giveaways that these are pipes that obviously didn't become one of your favorites? Did you give them away to somebody that was new starting or somebody that did you that as the kids say, did you a solid? <laughs> um, actually I got to send out one of them to, I think it's Briar brothers. He sends them overseas to service members mm -hmm. for Christmas. Uh, I sent one to him. And uh, I gave one to a friend, and they're uh, he's new, he's brand new to pipe smoking. So, so what is it that attracts you to a new pipe? Oh well, probably. Mm, well, there's so many things. Um, sometimes it's shape. Sometimes it can be color, color combination. Um, I think in the beginning I bought, I bought several briar pipes and just were like, oh yeah, those are just, those are so cool looking and I like them and, and they're great. They're great pipes. They're made by good company. Uh, I don't like how they smoke. <laughs> so <laughs> I've kind of kept them. I've put a couple of them in boxes and just left them in my closet for the time being. Cause I'm like. No, it's probably just I just don't know how to smoke well, and that's probably what the problem is. It's probably me, um, or maybe it's just how I smoke. Um, you know, everyone is individual, so. Yeah, it, and yeah. it literally it literally can just be a combination of you and the pipe just don't match, or you and the tobacco that you picked for the pipe and just don't match, and you may find a. You may find the key to that answer down the road, or you may not. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I've, I've definitely have, um, it seems like I have a, a bent towards, uh, I do know that I definitely like to have a, at least a little bit of a curve mm -hmm. in the stem. Um, I kind of know that much at this point. Other than that, it's it's just like, oh wow, that one's cool, or that's, uh, you know, individual. That's kind of what I've been focusing on right now is something that's interesting about the pipe. I think it's Not probably it's probably the writer in you that wants that bent pipe hanging from your mouth while you're working <laughs> on the next great American novel. And I I do have a lot of short pipes. Um, because they're a lot, they're much easier to clench. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm more of a clencher than, I don't know, a hold on or, or whatever. <laughs> well, walking in, walking in Denver in the winter, you're going to want to keep your hands in your pockets. So. <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty nice if, if it's light enough to, to hold in my mouth without you know, ma making my jaw too sore. And then the last personal question I want to ask you about is... Kingpin honey. <laughs> Kingpin honey. Kingpin honey is my uh, van conversion that I did <laughs> in order to move across the country. Um, and I was thinking about going into, as they say, van life, you know, living in the van, traveling mm -hmm. remotely, uh, working remotely. Um, and so I, I wanted to, I had this van. I bought this van a couple of years ago, and so I was like, I really want to convert it. And once I did it, this I had the opportunity because I was unemployed um, this summer, and so I converted it. Um, and so 
I put in a floor, I put in insulation, I put in a ceiling, I put in walls, I put in cedar for the walls, I got some really nice laminate, put it on the floor, nice gray floor. It's really cool. Looks looks really nice. But I, I traveled um, from North Carolina and I drove, of course, during a pandemic, because that's kind of what I do. Um, I, I left... Uh, North Carolina and I went south and I visited a friend in South Carolina for a couple weeks and then I went through Georgia and Florida and all the way across along the the lower part of the country and traveled in my van and slept in campsites and Walmart parking lots and whatnot uh, to get out here. So sounds like it sounds like Jack Kerouac. <laughs> it was it was a, sh- it, a lot shorter than probably his trip I think. yeah <laughs> it was only about you know a couple weeks but yeah yeah it was it was pretty cool it was definitely a good experience and i i really loved uh redoing the van that was really cool so how'd you come up with the name <laughs> the name so i kind of have this fascination with uh mild fascination with uh bomber girls the the murals they used to paint on world war ii fighters and bombers and such yeah there's a little bit of that um but when i originally bought the van a couple years ago i took it into a shop and they're like your kingpins need to be replaced and i was like what the heck is that (laughs) and they they showed me these big like it's it's not very long it's maybe six eight inches but it's the heaviest steel rod i've ever seen <laughs> and there were two of them and they keep the wheels from flopping inward if you lift it on a lift i guess that's what i was told okay so uh kingpin and i was just like when i was stumbling across you know trying to come up with a name i was like kingpin kingpin i was like ah oh, bomber girl kingpin honey and i can have a i can have a mural <laughs> of a pinup girl done on the door <laughs> which i unfortunately didn't do but anyways there's still there, there's still time for her there's still time there's still time yeah so kingpin honey <laughs> Riley, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go. I know it's only been a few months. Uh, uh, it's been a long pandemic, but a few months. Um, what, <laughs> what is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe is a, mm, gosh, probably, probably a Morgan, uh, Morgan Bones pipe. I have a bent pot that I really like. And what is your favorite tobacco? Right now, I really like uh, Peter Stokeby, number 23. It's a burly Cavendish blend. Okay. Uh, What is your favorite drink? Kombucha. Ooh, that's the first time that has ever been answered on the show. Um (laughs) When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Relax. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> um, <laughs> probably a movie right now. And then finally, although it's only been a, a short few months but a long pandemic, uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory so far? Or maybe a favorite parking lot of a Walmart with uh, kingpin honey <laughs> actually when my van was parked at my mom's house and I was just learning how to smoke and just starting how to smoke I would uh, sit in my van on a warm North Carolina evening listening to um, crickets and whatnot and also music and I would sit in my van and I would read and smoke a pipe Ugh. that was that was my favorite and then you know the wind would blow through and in North Carolina is really fresh um, so yeah except yeah. In, except after I've been out doing yard work in the humidity uh, ain't nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. fresh 
Well, this was the early this was the early pandemic, so there was not yet humidity. Oh, okay, yeah, spring <laughs> pandemic, the the nice days. <laughs> yeah, pre. Yeah, right. Yeah, let's Just hope about. let's hope we never get to them again. Um, <laughs> Riley Rainbow dot Piper Girl on Instagram. Thank you very much for coming on and. Thanks and enjoy your journey through pipe smoking in the uh, in the uh, high mountains of uh, Colorado. <laughs> Thank you, Brian, so much. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over twenty years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. If you're on Instagram, well, give her a follow. All right, for music, we are going to start off with... Uh, a suggestion here from uh, from Nick, and Nick writes, Hi, Brian, I hope all is well and you're staying healthy and safe. Yes, all is well and we are good. Hope you all are too. Uh, he says, Not sure if you've played this one in the past, but one of my favorites by Bing Crosby, Good King Wenceslas. So, for the first of two songs, we have, uh, and we have Bing. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even Brightly shone the moon at night, though the frost was cruel When a poor man came inside, gathering winter fuel Hither, page, and stand by me, if thou know'st it telling. Yonder peasant, who is he, where and what is dwelling? Sir, he lives a goodly hence, underneath a mountain, right against the forest fence, by St. Agnes' fountain. Then bring me flesh and bring me wine, bring me pine logs hither. Thou and I will see him dine when we bear them thither. Page and monarch, forth they went, forth they went together. Through the rude winds, wild lament, and the bitter weather. Sire, the night is darker now, and the winds blow stronger. Fails my heart, I know not how, I can go no longer. Mark my footsteps, my good page, tread thou in them boldly. Thou shalt find the winter's rage, freeze thy bloodless coldly. In his master's steps he trod Where the snow lay dented Heat was in the very sod Which the saint had printed Therefore, Christian men, be sure Wealth or rank possessing Ye who will now bless the poor Shall yourselves find blessed There we have the one and only Bing Crosby. And then from uh, Jess, Jess writes, Hi, Brian, I actually made this request last year, and I was thinking maybe the second time is the charm. So here you go. 
Uh, while I appreciate old standards, I do often find myself getting weary of them somewhere in the middle of December. That is why I particularly appreciate when an artist writes a completely original Christmas tune. And that is what singer-songwriter Josh Garrels has done with his song Gloria on his album The Light Came Down. Uh, the whole album is refreshing, really, with both old standards and several new tunes besides this one. So here is uh, the albums available on uh, Spotify and all those other places. Here is Josh Garrel's Gloria.
If you want to do a Google search for Josh Garrels, the last name is G-A-R-R-E-L-S. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Nick and Jess for suggesting both of those. Oh boy, we've got a message. Comments, questions, suggestions, email them to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. Uh, iTunes or Apple Podcast ratings and reviews. We love those just like this one from Mango Andy. And uh, Mango Andy writes, Wit and wisdom from a pro. Fire up a bowl and listen in as Brian interviews the best in the world of pipes and tobaccos. His shows are well produced and allow you to join in on a weekly on weekly conversations with the best in the hobby. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And... Going back to last week's show with uh, Jeremy Dino writes, uh, thank you for your service, Jeremy, and thanks to Brian and Jeremy for a wonderful conversation. It was inspiring and informative to hear how our service people cope with the rigors of working to protect our nation. Elvis is always a good choice, and I am in concert with your rant. People can be such burp holes. Um, I think you meant to, well, yeah, he wrote assholes. Okay. Uh, thanks for another always entertaining weekly show, Dino. Dino, you're welcome. See you Saturday on a Zoom thing. Uh, Crash the Gray writes, great show. As an admin of Briar Nation and a previous guest myself, I've been looking forward to this interview happening. Uh, Skipper's music choice was perfect. Apt rant for the season. There you go. Thank you. And Casey Ghost says, this was a very enjoyable show. The suggestions and pipe parts was obvious to me, but to those who are trying to buy from me, it was helpful as can be. Uh, the interview with Jeremy was very entertaining. He really had a good sense of humor. Briar Nation is no place for me, though. Uh, I see very little value in hosting a website whose sole purpose is to flame each other. But like you say, different strokes. And, as, and he has served our country well over the years. Uh, the King was great as always. It just amazes me that he performs a Christmas song so amazingly well. Good rant. People being uh, living rectums as they move around is not much in the way of news. <laughs> there you go, Dan. All right. <laughs> All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, although I'm not booking travel if anymore, but if you are looking, if you're thinking of going anywhere, email me. I'll help you out. I'll give you some guidance. I'll give you uh, two cents. I'll give you my two cents for free. So there you go. All right. Rant time coming up next. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. rehash or revisit of a classic all right here it is for the holiday season if a snowman doesn't have a pipe it's not frosty frosty must have a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal if it doesn't have a pipe then it's just a dumb snowman all right that's all there is to it it cannot be frosty the snowman without his top hat and without his corncob pipe and without a button nose uh, you can uh, substitute some other black substance for the eyes. I'll allow that. However, in order to be the actual Frosty the Snowman that comes to life, it has to have a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of um, black things. Uh, how, so here's what I suggest we do, all right? Here's what I think we all ought to do. We all order some smaller Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipes and for those that live in cold weather and you see kids making snowmen and you see a snowman in the front yard, well, you just happen to have that corncob pipe in your pocket and you stick it in the mouth. And that way it is an actual Frosty the Snowman because, like the song says, a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Otherwise, it's just another dumb pile of round snow sitting in somebody's yard that's going to soon 
melt into a triangular shape of dumb snow, and then it's not really Frosty the Snowman anyway. And if you see a thing that says Frosty the Snowman on it and it doesn't have a pipe, well, forget it. It's got to have a pipe. All right, that's it. <laughs> Rehash of a classic, and uh, yeah, have those uh, have those little seven eight dollar Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipes in your pocket and park them in your neighbor's uh, in your neighbor's snowman. Uh, comments, questions, suggestions, email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Any uh, ask uh, ask the pipe maker questions? I'm gathering up more for when I record again with Jeff. So just let me know. Thank you very much to Jeff for joining me. Thank you to Riley for hanging out with me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until bomba next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. And now it's time for your North Pole sports break. Epic action in the reindeer games last night as crowds cheered on a record-breaking night for Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen and Comet and Cupid and... Oh, they're all winners!